0: TCL produced a trio of smartphones last week, and we're here to talk about two of them. Cliff Thomas makes a rare appearance on a normal episode of the podcast to chat with me about two of TCL's budget options. So how budget are they? We'll find out. It's the Benefit of a Doubt podcast. Hello and welcome to the Benefit of a Doubt podcast. I'm your host, Adam Dowd, and this week we're taking a look at a pair of TCL's budget smartphones, the TCL 20SE and the TCL 20S. Cliff's been using the latter, I've been using the former, and we've collected our thoughts on TCL's budget offerings. On the exact opposite of this, I got an amazing Father's Day present in the form of a Lego space shuttle set that costs more than one of those smartphones that we're going to talk about. Now that I put it that way... It sounds a little insane, but here we are. So I want to tell you all about it, and we'll get to all of that. But first, we have to get to the news of the week. Now, before we get started, I wanted to let you know that I'm trying out a new recording setup because, folks... It's been a crazy week and so I am recording remotely in a different location of my house and I'm kinda curious to see as to whether or not this is gonna work out or not. So benefitofadow.com slash contact and let me know. Do I sound great? Do I sound terrible? Do I sound perfectly normal? Whatever the case, just let me know, and maybe this'll become my new permanent podcast setup. If you have ever been a part of a podcast or done any audio editing ever, you probably already know about Audacity. It's the open-source sound editor that's amazingly functional, and I used it for years myself. Well, it turns out that Audacity was bought by a company called Muse Group around three months ago, and since then, they updated the privacy policy of Audacity. The privacy policy is, of course, that thing that nobody reads but you have to agree to in order to use the software. This privacy policy was updated in a pull request on GitHub, and the part that everyone freaked out about was that personal data would now be collected, including your user agent, location, error messages, and such. You know, pretty standard stuff. But then came the kicker, quote data necessary for law enforcement, and holy crap, Audacity going to call the popo when you try to edit a cut of a Taylor Swift track. And just like that, we're all up in arms. The thing is, Audacity has never collected any kind of personal information before, including geolocation data and crash reports. This is new, but it's not like you're going to have to fill in your social security number and favorite color in order to use the app. Ars Technica broke into the story a few days later, pointing out that the original pull request with the privacy policy was actually you know, pulled, no pun intended, and replaced with a new privacy policy which included the phrase, quote, strictly optional and disabled by default, and then followed up with another revision stating, and this is a quote from Ars Technica, quote, we have absolutely no interest in harvesting or selling personal data, and Audacity will always be free and open source. And this document goes on to note that the responses to the original poll request, quote, brought about a realization at Muse that the convenience of using Yandex and Google is at odds with the public perception of trustworthiness, so we will be self-hosting instead. So y'all can just chill the F out. Audacity is not, in fact, spyware, or at least no more than dozens of other apps that you have installed are spyware. It's actually all completely normal, so we can all be good. Good? Good. Russian hackers launched a $70 million ransomware attack on thousands of companies worldwide by attacking Kasaya VSA software, which provides IT services to small and medium-sized companies, or at least it used to. This attack has encrypted entire networks with no way to decrypt them, and the FBI is investigating. Although, the FBI has asked businesses to report if it's suffering an attack, but the feds also told people that they may not be able to reply to every victim individually due to the potential scale of the attack. Great, so the FBI is mimicking how HR departments handle my job applications. Wonderful. Yahoo News... Yes, apparently Yahoo still exists. Who knew? But Yahoo News points out that this attack from Russian hackers comes just two weeks after Joe Biden met with Vladimir Putin, who is probably a murderer. Oh, wait, wait you're right, that's not fair, who is definitely a murderer. Oh, American tough guy want to come out here and tell me who's boss? I will stand up to them by sending out computer nerds. And let this be a final vindication for nerds everywhere. America talked tough. And Russia responded, not with bears and baseball bats, but with nerds and ransomware. And I'd be upset if I wasn't so proud. You know sometimes you get this itch like right in the middle of your back that you just can't reach and no matter how you reach behind you, whether from the top or from the bottom, you just can't get to it. So you have to grab a back scratcher and finally get the sweet relief of scratching the itch only to have it pop up again like 10 minutes later and you need to grab the back scratcher again. Hell, I've got a back scratcher in my desk drawer for just such an occasion, but... Whoa, this is a, this is a weird tangent. Why would I go off and... Talk about that. I'm, I'm sorry, everybody. I should, should probably get back to the news. President Trump... Oh. Yeah, okay, that makes sense now. President Trump filed a class-action lawsuit against Facebook, Twitter, and Google CEOs Mark Zuckerberg, Jack Dorsey, and Sundar Pichai. He's suing the big three to get his social media accounts back because his blog didn't work out so good. The lawsuit alleges that he was censored by Twitter and Facebook's biased policies, which... Okay, you think you're banned because you're a Republican, not because you're a douchebag. And that's fine. You're wrong, but that's fine. But the lawyers of Twitter, not the lawyers working for Twitter, but the people on Twitter who happen to be lawyers, started tearing apart the lawsuit almost immediately, calling it... This is a series of quotes. Every bit as stupid as you'd think it is. Meta insane. A PR and fundraising moment. Not a real lawsuit. A joke. Going nowhere. And I could go on, but just no. Trump's lawsuit also called Facebook a state actor, as in Facebook is a government institution. And by the way, Facebook, the supposed government institution, suspended President Trump's account while Trump was still president. So basically, Facebook, under the domain of Trump, suspended Trump's account, and that makes total sense, right? I'm not a lawyer, but that does sound pretty stupid. So I'm inclined to think that this is a publicity stunt and fundraising effort more than anything for approaching substantial. And unfortunately, Florida doesn't have anti-slap legislation because Florida doesn't have anti-anything legislation except perhaps poodles because we all know that Florida hates poodles. And can I go now? Thank you. And speaking of regrets, Mozilla released a study conducted of 37,000 YouTube users who all reported about YouTube regrets, air quotes. YouTube regrets are basically recommended YouTube videos that people regret watching. This can be, for any number of reasons, bottom line, not a happy video watcher. The data says that most videos that people regret watching come from YouTube's recommendation engine to the tune of 71% of regrettable videos came from YouTube. And those videos were 40% more likely to be regrettable than others. And here's the really interesting nugget. YouTube recommended videos that were later taken down. Why? Because they violated YouTube's community guidelines. That's right. YouTube recommended videos that were later found to be violating its own rules and had an average of 760,000 views before they were taken down. Now, why is this happening? It could be that YouTube didn't realize the videos were bad until they were reported. And that's fair. But it's also likely that those videos drew a ton of engagement. They were watched and rewatched and shared and commented on because. Pissed off people are really freaking engaged, so as much as YouTube wants eyeballs, it seems willing to put an absolute garbage video in front of you if it's going to get you to stay. Maybe I should make more garbage videos, or maybe you should all subscribe and smash that bell to Benefit of a Doubt YouTube channel, you know, on the off chance that I post something ever, and just not watch anything else. Sounds like a plan? Sounds like a good plan to me, so let's do that. Nintendo announced a new Switch console coming this October with an OLED screen instead of an LCD, and that's basically the sum total of improvements over the original Switch that's out now. It's a slightly bigger, slightly heavier unit with no demonstrable upgrades on the inside. It doesn't even have the 4K capacity, which has been rumored for quite some time now. The kickstand is also adjustable, and from what I understand, rather Microsoft Surface-like, meaning it can be adjusted to virtually any angle, which is kind of cool and certainly better than that cheap piece of plastic that snapped off my son's switch approximately 16 seconds into its ownership. So that'll be nice. All the new stuff will be backwards compatible, so old switches can go into the new dock and even old Joy-Cons, which are undoubtedly still drifting all over the place, can now be used on the new switch. No fix for that drift by the way, so I can just deal with that. But overall, this is a newish switch for $350. And to the surprise of absolutely no one, OnePlus announced earlier this week that it will be merging its codebase with Oppo's Color OS as the companies continue to become less recognizable as two independent brands. OnePlus says that integrating the codebase will help streamline updates to Oxygen OS. OnePlus also says that they'll be able to commit to better upgrade support for Android because of this change. OnePlus T and R models will get three major OS updates and four years of security updates. Nordfork will get one or two major OS updates and three years of security updates depending on what Nord you have. Merging the code bases makes sense since both companies are becoming one company anyway. They're just making it more and more official as time marches on. I have no doubt that OnePlus will continue to operate independently-ish, which is to say we'll still get OnePlus phones and Oppo phones, but the differences between them will probably start to get fewer and fewer. And is that a good thing? I guess we're going to find out, because one way or another, we're going to find out. Anantech broke a news story this week saying that it had found something weird going on with the OnePlus 9 Pro. Basically, during Anantech's extensive testing of the Chrome browser on the OnePlus phone, it found that the lower cores of the Snapdragon 888 performed all the tasks asked of it, rather than the higher speed cores. Basically, this means that pulling up a web page took 6 nanoseconds instead of like 2 nanoseconds or whatever. Anantech went on to test over 300 popular apps and found that most of them had processes specifically relegated to the lower cores and nothing happening with the faster cores and just like what well putting aside the fact that anantech is utterly destroying me in performance testing and reviews and i really need to step up my game what seemed to be happening was oneplus was intentionally hobbling major apps ...for some reason. And the apps that were affected were things like Twitter, Facebook, Chrome, stuff like that. The things that most people do on their phones. They weren't hobbling like video processing or anything like that. They were only keeping simple tasks on the lower powered cores. On the one hand, I get that. You don't need to burst speed through a Twitter feed or Facebook post... ...and you might actually get some huge battery savings from it. And as it turns out, OnePlus agrees. It came out with a statement saying, yeah... Basically, that's what we're doing, and if you're not doing anything hardcore, there's no need to fire up those hardcore processors, and that's fine. But the issue here is one of transparency, and OnePlus has never been very good at transparency. If OnePlus wants to crank back the CPU on simple stuff, that's kind of okay, but you should really tell people that you're going to do that, not just do it and hope that nobody notices. I guess it's easier to apologize than it is to ask permission. Because antech noticed them, um, and God bless them, because I sure as heck didn't, but credit to Juan Bagnell on this find, by the way, but Samsung also has a setting where you can do basically the same stuff, and that setting is on by default. But you have a choice there to turn it off and sacrifice some battery life. So OnePlus, we get what you're trying to do, save some battery life for your poor users, but you didn't do it right. you got to tell people what you're doing and let them decide if that's what they want, or the other option is always... Don't get caught, but you've tried that a few times, and it hasn't worked out so well. This was something of a surprise at the end of the week, but Qualcomm is partnering up with Asus to make a Qualcomm-branded smartphone. This is a smartphone exclusively for Snapdragon insiders, which is apparently a thing, and Hey, now I'm a part of that thing. The device will run Android 11 and run a Snapdragon 888 with 16GB of RAM and 512GB of storage. It'll have a QHD Plus AMOLED panel built by Samsung with a 144Hz refresh rate. The triple camera setup will include a 64 megapixel Sony sensor... 12-megapixel ultrawide with real-time distortion correction, and an 8-megapixel 3X optical zoom lens. Now, there's a ton of other Qualcomm-branded tech in this phone for audio and for touch sensitivity, stuff like that, and it's even paired with a pair of premium Master & Dynamic earbuds with active noise canceling. And all this will retail for 1500 holy crap, dollars. And there's no doubt that this will be a pretty good phone. But it's a $1,500 phone, people, and this is a first-gen product. Uh, That's a hard pass. The $1,200 Sony phone has a movable lens and Sony camera tech in there, and it's a better candidate for my dollars. And honestly, to even that, I'm saying hell no. If Sony lets me borrow one, I'll review it for sure, but otherwise, that's way too rich for my blood. I like what the Snapdragon is doing here. It's basically the Pixel phone for Snapdragon processors. All the best of Snapdragon in one device. I get that, and I respect it, but there's no way in hell I'm buying it, and frankly, neither should you. And finally, this week it was revealed that the FBI bought a bunch of Pixel 3As and 4As, set up a dummy company, and then sold the phones to criminals with a custom ROM and a promise that it included a chat app called Anam that was hidden behind a calculator app that was totally secure and could not be hacked by, you know the FBI. So criminals bought these phones and started using the totally secret and totally secure chat app to start doing you know, criminal things. The only thing is it turns out the chat app was not only not secure, but actually fed conversations directly to the FBI so they could read them like a bathroom reader book wherever they wanted. Needless to say, hundreds of criminals were arrested and thwarted by this sting and, well, that's just fun. The article at Wired gives a deep dive into how the fake company was created and marketed and breaks down the details of how the operation ran. It's a fun tale. And curiously now, some of those phones have made it onto the aftermarket and I'm almost curious enough to go looking for one. Suffice it to say, this whole thing was either damn clever by the feds or damn stupid by the criminals or, most likely, a combination of both.
1: Backend, application, API, bugs, attachment DevOps, backend, backend, frameworks, backward, component, oriented, natural language, software, blue text editor, book, merge, off-trolling, and web, server Welcome to Tech Yeah! Big yeah. credit,
0: this week's tech yeah is a ridiculous lego set that i absolutely fell in love with back in april i saw Derek kessler at future had bought this and assembled it he shared some photos and it just looked awesome so i had to have it and i not too subtly suggested it to my wife and then just waited content in knowing that if she didn't get it for me for father's day i just go buy it myself. <laughs> so Father's Day came, and oh my goodness, what a surprise. I never would have guessed. It's a Space Shuttle Lego set. Well, thank you so much. How did you know? So now it came time to build it, and good golly, Miss Molly, it is 2,300 pieces. I budgeted four hours for it, and it turns out that wasn't nearly enough time. In the end, it took me nearly eight hours to build, and I was shooting the build in time-lapse. So once I started... I couldn't really stop, so it was one long session, and I'll be honest, it damn near killed me. No, I'm not being honest. I'm being a drama queen. But truth be told, it was a long time, but it was really great fun. I listened to podcasts and even watched a Cubs game while I built it. Well, okay, the Cubs game part wasn't fun, but everything else was. So let's get into it. There are 17 bags of Lego in total. Seventeen! That's a lot of Lego, let me tell you. The instruction book is 300 pages long, and I haven't read 300 pages of anything in years and years and years. The book is thicker than two smartphones stacked on top of each other. It's a long, long book with a lot, lot of instructions. The instructions themselves are very intelligently laid out. The only problem I had was some of the pieces in the set are very specialized and the illustrations aren't always clear on what piece I should be looking for. The specialized pieces can be hard to tell apart, especially when they're in a tray with dozens of other pieces. Beyond that, the instructions are brilliantly done as they have been for literal decades. At each step, the instructions lay out what pieces you're going to need, how to assemble them, and where to put them once they're assembled, even going so far as to outline the new pieces in red in each step. Of course, that did not prevent me from screwing up a couple of times, but still, the fault was my own, not the instructions. You start off by building the Hubble Telescope, which, as I record this, is just about as useful as the real thing in space. There's still hope for the Hubble Telescope in space, so hopefully it can be revived. My Hubble Telescope encompasses the first 50 pages of the instructions It took me about two and a half hours to complete. The Hubble telescope comes with a display stand and plaque telling you what it is because, let's face it, if you weren't born in the 70s or 80s, you probably don't know what it is. There are a ton of silver roundish pieces along its length, which makes sense because the real Hubble telescope is a large tube. That being said, I lost one of the roundish pieces early on and I couldn't find it at first, so I opened the next bag and deferred that piece to the next set of round pieces and the next set after that, hoping that there would be an extra. There was not, but fortunately I was able to locate the missing piece after only a short burst of panic. Once that was done, it was time to dive into the shuttle itself. Like the Hubble, there's a display plaque and a stand to build first. Then you get into the shuttle itself. I won't go into a ton of detail here, but suffice it to say... It was a very long journey completing this part. The shuttle bay doors are lined with silver stickers that were a bit of a pain to stick on. Honestly, Lego, just to fix them before you ship the product. There's no reason to make people stick them on. Especially since there are other pieces that are painted, like with the American flag and whatnot. This is just a waste, Lego. Help a brother out here. And speaking of stickers, at the end, there were a few stickers that I was supposed to stick on, but... I lost the sticker sheet, so I skip past them. Reinforcing the argument to just stick the darn things on for me, Lego. Anyway, when all was said and done, it's a magnificent build that is huge. These are not small pieces. Plus, the solar panels are removed. I mean, you know, air quotes, retracted. But seriously, they're removed. And anyway, when that happens, Hubble actually fits inside the shuttle. There's also a stand that mounts inside the shuttle bay doors so that you can set the Hubble on it so it looks like the Hubble is being deployed in space. I mean, seriously, they thought of everything here. Overall, I am truly impressed with this Lego set. It has a ton of nerdery, but dear God, is it huge. You really need to know what you're getting into when you buy this thing. If you have a fireplace with a mantle, that's perfect. If you have a bookshelf with an empty shelf, perfect. If you have a corner of a table in need of decoration, Not perfect, unless that table is about 175 feet long. But I mean, this thing is simply amazing, and I love it. Is it worth $200? Well... In a way that any Lego set could be worth $200, sure, but it wouldn't be my first choice to pay that much. If you're a Lego enthusiast, or if you're a space nerd, or if you're just a dying in the world geek, this is an awesome set that you will love. I just happen to be all three of those things, which is why I absolutely love this thing. I have no idea where I'm going to keep it, but I love it and I don't regret it for a second. TCL produced a trio of smartphones last week, and we're here to talk about two of them. Cliff Thomas makes a rare appearance on a normal episode of the podcast to chat with me about two of TCL's budget options. So how budget are they? We're going to try to answer that question. How you doing, Cliff? Like,
1: take a self-stock like stock of how I feel right now. Uh, I'm good. I'm hot. It's, okay. Uh,
0: I mean, I always thought so, but yeah. Seven. <laughs>
1: <laughs> 745 and it's 88 degrees out. So mm, yeah. Then, you know how that goes when you're when you're podcasting, you really can't have um a lot of noise in the background, so Daddy's sweating a little bit. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you know when we were trying to decide where we wanted to go for vacation, our kids really wanted to go to Florida, but my wife decided it was too hot for Flo- in Florida in July. <laughs> so instead we're
1: going to California. <laughs> So that makes a lot of sense. Um not just not just California, but California in like the middle of uh, uh in the, the middle Coast of a drought, England. yeah.
0: Right? <laughs> yeah. Well at least it's, it's like dry heat. I was looking at the um I was looking at the weather for Los Angeles and it said dry for the next six hours. I'm like, um I think you misspelled years. Um <laughs> but But yeah, so uh, anyway, um, that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about a pair of TCL phones that came out this week. Um, Actually, the embargo dropped... The 28th, I believe. Well, by the time people listen to this, it'll probably be about two weeks ago. Um, I've been using the, um, the TCL 20SE for the past week as my daily driver. And I know, Cliff, you have been using the TCL i20s i don't know if you made it your daily driver but you have been using it um
1: i i have used it off and on as my daily driver
0: okay okay as much as you ever use a phone for as a daily driver uh, you know
1: the ultra has been my uh daily driver for most of the last uh probably six months um hmm. with, with some shifts in between but the day that i got uh, i actually received my surface duo on the exact same day that i received the uh, tcl 20s and so ah mm, yeah, it was, See, it was you had decisions. some competition there and I did. and what's
0: scary is one of those phones is more expensive than the other but not much more not much
1: <laughs> today actually uh woot had the surface duo for as low as 409 i know 99. Four hundred dollars.
0: I mean, that's. I'll be honest. That's tempting. Like five hundred, it was just like yeah. Four hundred. Uh, honestly, if I wasn't going to stay in, if I wasn't going to Disneyland for the for three days right. with a family of four. Um, which, by the way, would, co- would cost about three Surface Duos at this point. Um, if I if I wasn't doing that, then maybe I might have been able to sell that to the uh, to the better half. But uh, yeah, um, as it as it stands, I think we're gonna have to rely on your thoughts on the Surface Duo or the, <laughs> the Surface Duo. But um, one thing I did get, along with the reviewer's kit for the. Uh, for the for the TCL 20S is a TCL branded North Face backpack. I
1: didn't realize it was a North Face pack. That's pretty nice. It is. It is. It's yeah, really I nice. I saw some people take uh, pictures of their um, uh, reviewers' kits, and it, yeah, it was like a water bottle and
0: a water a water, t- like a a water flashlight. bottle a water bottle with a Bluetooth speaker in the cap. Yes, yes. and uh, and yeah, there was a flashlight and. Uh, there was a five pack of like outdoor um, gels to use, and I, I use the word term gels generically. There's some insect spray and some sunblock and some hmm. afterbite and stuff like that. Um, hand sanitizer. Um, yeah, there was a bunch of a uh, bunch of cool stuff. I did an unboxing of it, so maybe I'll put that video up this week. Um, Let's well, go. Sounds along like with
1: this. Uh, TCL is encouraging everybody that's been indoors for the past year to go outdoors.
0: Well, I think so, and I you know I know one of the people in uh, Tcl's uh, PR department is a is an outdoorsman, so um, uh. I wonder if that's where the inspiration came from, but we're gonna go out and about with uh with these two budget friendly phones so um again i've got the budgetiest budget phone where i've got the the t c l twenty s e um which retails on amazon for one eighty nine if i remember correctly, and you have the t c l twenty s which retails for two forty nine ninety nine right. on amazon and so like neither of these are prohibitively high in fact you could take your phone and my phone sell them both and buy a surface duo
1: (laughs) or you can just tape them together you can just tape them together like a year a little little less than a year ago (laughs) sell like 20 of these and buy a surface duo
0: right right um or you can sell uh you know uh, doing the quick math, probably about fifteen of these, and by a, a Samsung galaxy s20 ultra um, but exactly. but anyway, the point is these are actually very budget friendly phones, and so we wanted to take a moment to you know talk about you know how the experience has been um, you know one thing that i 'm going to jump on this because I want to I talk about this and i, I don 't want you to talk, steal it from me. One thing I forgot about TCL phones. The um, the uh, side swipe between folders. I yes. totally I totally forgot about that, and I was delighted when I accidentally swiped to the left and said, "Oh, there's another folder." It's I back. forgot. I forgot they did that. That's so. That's so wonderful. I I love that. It is. Um, so uh one uh, so let's just uh read over the spec sheets here real quick. I'm gonna start with mine, and um, you know we'll gradually work our way up but uh okay so my the tcl 20 se has a lcd 6.82 inch display which by the way holding it up side by side with the galaxy ultra they have the same footprint so really do this is a big phone folks i mean this is a this is a huge mungus phone uh the display is i believe it's a 720p display so it's uh it doesn't even doesn't even make full hd status it runs am um, android 11 um I, I don't remember does this phone do the beta program i think or was it just a 20 pro I don't recall. You know, that's
1: a good question. I don't know. I, I, I remember. Yeah. I remember sitting and and, and uh, watching uh, the Android 12 reveal and being surprised and and delighted that that TCL was participating in that. Yeah, I, yeah. I Don't know. Yeah. I would have to guess it's probably the the 20 Pro 5G, but that's what I'm guessing. That's
0: what I'm guessing. Yeah. So uh, now the main uh, the camera just uh, camera setup here. There's a quad ish camera setup on the back. You got the 48 megapixel main sensor, five megapixel ultra wide, two megapixel depth, and two megapixel macro. So it's actually kind of like two and a half cameras <laughs> instead of like you know two. Yeah, uh, anyway, uh, they're, what, what does Miriam call them again? Sticker cameras. Sticker cameras, that's right. So um, on the front, there is a... <laughs> oh, my Lord, I just dropped the phone. And they're, they're durable. <laughs> hey, that's that's exactly what I was the trying plastic to... plastic build coming in handy there. That's exactly what I was trying to um, show off there. But no, uh, on the front, there's a 13-megapixel camera... Um, and let's see, what else do we need to talk about? Oh, the battery is 5,000 milliamp hours, which I believe is the same as yours, um, Cliff. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, and oh, I skipped over the CPU. It's a Snapdragon 460 in here, which is, uh, which is an octa-core, um adreno 610 gpu so it's um it has 64 gigabytes of internal store. no 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 i'm sorry 128 gigabytes i think <laughs> it's available in both this one has 128 and um four gigabytes of ram so which i mean as we learned with the with the uh blue g90 pro four gigabytes of ram is not necessarily a bad thing um but you know spoiler alert it kind of is. But anyway, uh so so that's my spec sheet. How about you there, Mr. Cliff? What, what What's the uh, SE packing?
1: It's funny, actually. I was going to note that... Have you noticed that these days, and I'm sure this is because of the target customer and their likes, like, the budget phones are now the big boys, literally, in terms of, like, a physical screen size. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's... It, the granted, it's a 720p display on in your case, and 1080p right. on mine. Um, but yeah, it's really funny that I, I guess you know size equates value, right? In 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 some people's minds. So yeah, I, but it's that's not just a TCL thing; that's all over the place. Right. Uh, yeah. So mine is instead of yours was what a six point eight two.
0: Yeah, I think mine yeah. is a six point seven.
1: So it's, it's still the big boy. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Uh. And I'm actually comparing it to uh, the phone in the same market position as, as what I reviewed last year from TCL, which is the 10L, as far mm-hmm. as specs are concerned. And there's a lot of alignment there. Um, it's got a little bit of a, a bigger screen. The uh, screen aspect ratio is a little different. The uh, the 10L was a 19.5 to 9. This is a 20 to 9. Okay. So it's actually a little bit narrower, I guess. Which is nice. It makes it, even though it's a little bit bigger of a uh, of a screen. It's a six point seven versus six point five. I think Maybe. it's actually yeah. In fact, I remember that the um, the the twenty L was uh, was nice in the hand, but it was wide, so you know the reachability with your fingers was kind of hard. I find that the, the, the uh, 20S is a, is a little bit easier to handle that way. So um, it's like a it six point six point seven inch screen with a ten eighty uh, panel. 60 hertz refresh rate, completely expected in this class of phone. It's very oh yeah absolutely. You can get like a 90. I think there's one phone out there right now the the um, N200 from OnePlus that has a, a 90 hertz screen. Uh, LCD panel, which actually that was something that uh, <laughs> I had I had to talk to uh, Brad about. Mm-hmm. Uh, our uh, our rep uh, from TCL because their their marketing materials listed the 20th I as mean, having an AMOLED panel, and in fact, I listened to Miriam's podcast today, and when she was talking about these devices, and she was quoting the specs off of the uh, off of it because she said the it was release, AMOLED, yeah. but yeah, it's an LCD, right? Yeah, uh, and I I mean, when I saw it because it, it's got the notch display, uh, which for the rest of us is, is is a whole punch notch. Notch <laughs> is a is a trademarked. Thing from TCL this time in the center instead of over on the left, but you mm-hmm. know how with LCDs you get that little shadow between because it's not a like fully laminated like directly to the screen panel. Yeah, that little shadow. Yeah, so this had that. I'm like, there's no way this is an AMOLED. Yeah, uh, but it is a good screen. TCL makes great screens. I don't know. You're I'm so kind of jumping ahead here. Uh, 128 gigabytes of storage. Um, this is where... but but. Um, And it has the same Qualcomm uh, Snapdragon 665 as the 10 from last year. Mm -hmm. And the same um, uh, GPU. However, instead of 6 gigabytes of RAM, this year it has 4 gigabytes of RAM. Oh. um, Which is uh, something I'll talk about later. Ships with Android 11, as do its brothers or sisters. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see. Supports Qualcomm Quick Charge 3 charging at 18 watts, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, Some... If you buy an, an iPhone around this price, you will not get that. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, Camera-wise, you're looking at a 64 megapit m- megapixel 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 uh, f- main shooter uh, f uh, one8 uh, uh, with the uh, or f over 1.8 the half inch sensor size. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see an eight an eight megapixel ultra wide. Uh, let's see a two-megapixel macro, and a like you said, a f- this does also have uh, four four cameras. Yeah, uh, those, t- with those the, two the, sticker the, cameras. The t- yeah, exactly. With the last being a two-megapixel uh, depth camera. Yeah. No, so, I
0: mean, don't get me wrong. I, you know, before camera people start beating their wardrobes, I understand that there is value to a depth camera, but like. You know, it's more of an accessory that the main camera uses rather than right. a camera that you're going to use on its own. So, anyway, I'm sorry. And, I didn't mean to. I, you know, you off I,
1: and I think with both of those, it's, it's as much to check a box um, that sure. someone is going to be, if someone's actually looking at a spec sheet like this. Yeah. When they're comparing phones, you know, I mean, it is nice to have that. Sure. But I don't think you're going to be using the macro uh, camera that much unless you just love taking pictures of bugs and flowers. I do. I really do. <laughs> it, it is nice to have the 8 megapixel ultra-wide. Um, I, I, you know, it doesn't have optical image stabilization, nor does the uh, 64 megabit main shooter. At this price, you wouldn't expect that. But, yeah, you know, it, it just goes to, I think this camera set is going to give you, you know, images that are, within what you would expect for a uh, whether it's yours or mine for a, a camera of this price range. So,
0: you know what I um, noticed about the camera? Um I don't know if yours has it, but um the TCL 20SE does not have a night mode. Um which, you know, was something that, you know, TCL had in their phones last year. So I was in, I was in, I found it interesting that they left out a uh, a night mode because I was I was uh I haven't had a chance to go out, like, to my normal spot right. for, for uh, uh, you know, um, after dark, uh, you know, videos and photos. But, uh, you know, I did some walking around my neighborhood last night. And, uh, you know, I was looking for
1: the night mode, and it just wasn't there. It just didn't appear. <laughs> yeah, you know, I haven't had a chance to explore the camera app in depth to see what it has and what it has. not as far as those extra features, I have taken some pictures with it. Um, and I mean, and just like the 10 L, I mean, I really feel like, especially in good light, it's pretty respectable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, it's not, it's not a camera or a, a phone that I would take if I had another option, like the ultra that you and I each have, Right. Um, you know, a, a, as a main phone. But, you know, if someone is looking, um, I don't, I don't think they're going to be horribly disappointed by the camera, especially for the price that you pay. And that's also an asterisk that gets, Tacked onto a lot of the things you say about with a camera at this price range, but still
0: very true. I did shoot some uh, obligatory flower photos uh, with the SE, <laughs> no. and um, there was some, and, and, and I only did like the one set of flower photos, so I need to, you know, try to balance this against another right. set. But I did get the same kind of fluorescent reds that I got mm-hmm. from the TCL 10 Pro last year. Um so I, I I noticed that and that's definitely something I'm going to be paying attention to with the um with the TCL 20 um Pro SE 20 no TCL 20, pri, tw-
1: 20 Pro t- 20 Pro 5G good lord <laughs> Isn't gonna be nice talk. when we don't have to tack on 5G to all the different phones they'll just all yeah. have it and that'll be a thing It'll just
0: be a phone yeah that will be very <laughs> That would be very, very nice. But uh but yeah, it seems like and it seems like I only get that fluorescent effect if the reds are in direct sunlight. So if it's like in a hmm. uh if it's in like a diffused light, then it it you know really tones that stuff down. More natural so. colors. Yeah, yeah. You get better you get better colors when you're when you're in more like a shadow or a diffused mm-hmm. or cloudy day or magic hour or something like that. So
1: I definitely noticed that um This this camera set more so than the ten L that I reviewed last year tends to lean a little cooler. Um a little blue.
0: Okay. Um I hadn't gotten really into that, but uh, I did notice that the um that the ultra wide camera is a bit darker in like terms of color, um, Mm. color tone. It seemed Sure, whatever. Sorry, the uh TCL the TCL 20 SE was just saying, "Hey, we notice you're in camera mode, but you're not doing anything. Do you want to close camera mode?" Sure. That's a nice so little
1: with thing. the um uh, yeah. With the SE is it a is it a, a fingerprint sensor on the back?
0: A fingerprint sensor on the back. Yeah, it's okay. uh it's right, right there. I've got the I've got the included case in there and I believe according to the press release, the case is going to come with every phone. Um, and it's just a, it's just a clear bumper case, but you know it's it's nice same, to have. Same thing
1: here with the with the S. The nice thing about if I can get it in picture here is this actually has a side mounted fingerprint sensor, which also doubles as the fingerprint oh, button, which okay. is nice. And something that um, we can just talk about in general that's really cool with the 20 series. I think this is across the board. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but they all have a dedicated. Uh, programmable button i think they actually this year do call it a google assistant button but i do believe it's customizable for like one tap two taps you can do different things so camera or
0: on the se it is Google Assistant only. Only hmm. um, on the 20 Pro, you can um, you can program it, and I wasn't sure about the S. So I was going to ask you about that. that can actually, you program it may, that?
1: It may just be a Google Assistant then. Yeah, because I now that I think now that I think about it, I haven't. That's the thing I haven't gone in and tried to program it, but I assume just because it was programmable last year. But well, you know, this is some of the things that I this is becoming kind of a theme that I'm noticing about the 20s versus the 10L last year. Hmm. Um, which I'll talk and, about,
0: and you know, interestingly enough, on the 20 Pro, there's actually a separate app that programs those buttons. So, um, hmm. which uh, which is not present on the uh, on the 20 SE. So, I'm kind of wondering if I use like an APK grabber, if I could like oh. toss it over there and maybe make it programmable. Not that I mean, I mean, I like Google Assistant enough. It's not like right and. And I, I actually struggled because, so there's, yeah, there's there's three different ways that you can launch. You can either single press, double press, or long press. And I actually struggled to find three different functions that I wanted to have that, you know, that close. Because you can already double press the power button to get the camera, so I don't mm-hmm. need that. Um, I think I've got a double press for the flashlight and a long press for a screenshot and then a short press just for Google Assistant. So. Okay. Um, but you know, it's going to be like a lot of those things with like, with the smart, I mean, TCL has been pushing the smart key for years and, um, that's true. And uh, one going of the things back to when they made
1: Blackberries and
0: yeah, Blackberries and even Alcatel phones, um, mm-hmm. they had, they had that smart key on them. So I, I love it. You know, I really like having it and, um, you know, having the double press to turn on the flashlight is almost as convenient as having the chop chop.
1: <laughs> it is. I, um, I'm just. I'm looking at all the different. Uh, that's the thing with with TCL. It's not something that you that you have to use, but if you dig into their software, because offhand when you first start using, other than the stuff that you notice, like when you're switching between um, open applications, is that what the folder that you you can switch between, you know, things like that? Uh, yeah, yeah. That you can customize things like the the uh, fingerprint sensor twice to. Um, launch a flashlight or to take a note and things mm-hmm. like that. And you can actually, which is so cool. It, it, it in a lot of ways, the, the thoughtful touches, I, I don't know that they're quite on the same level of a Motorola, but uh, there's definitely some similarities. And, 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 it's, it's, and, those
0: are the type of things that like when you're using another phone that doesn't have them, you miss them. So, right. Like, and, exactly. And, and so, you know, they're, they're, yeah, it, it's, I would say they're on par with Motorola, um, just because you know they have those those certain qualities that you miss when you 're not using mm-hmm. them so um but uh but yeah, so I mean it, overall this is uh you know these are decent options for you know the hundred and eighty nine and two hundred and forty nine dollars if you needed a phone to like kind of get you by i would probably if it were me, I would probably spend the extra sixty bucks and Absolutely. go for mm-hmm. the and go for the yes like the s e is you know it's okay, and don't get me wrong. I would definitely like to see some photo samples um from Cliff's end to see if uh you know, maybe we can do like a a, a video of of the two I mean, this is probably down the line post vacation, maybe we can do right. a video of uh, you know, the two phones and how they uh, and how they compare. Um but uh but yeah, so I that fe- might I be. I feel like
1: just for the like you're saying the step up in the camera um but also the step up in the processor
0: and the resolution
1: and the resolution those those in, long, uh, in fact honestly just for the step up in resolution i think i would pay the extra 60 bucks
0: yeah yeah i have to think um but you know i mean there's there's definitely a market for you know a, a budget phone so sure. and um there's one less player in that space these days so i certainly do not blame TCL for putting out a budget phone with a quad camera with a quad camera setup. Um, now, I did a I did a controversial thing, and I think I mentioned this in the unboxing. But when I set up the phone, I did not set up an app launcher, an app drawer. Um, really? So yeah, I set it up so that it doesn't have the app drawer. So like you can see, you know, when I when I scroll, I've got I just got all the apps like that. So well, and the, the reason for that is because I've done so many phones that don't have app drawers, I've gotten it down to a point where. I only have one home screen filled with folders and I know where everything is. You know, I don't necessarily That's need true. an app drawer. Um, but one thing that I kind of liked was, you know, the the swipe up that you would normally do to get to the app drawer actually does, like, searching for you – can, you can type in a search for an app. So, right. like um, – since I didn't set up the app drawer and since I actually didn't go through and set up all my folders and whatnot, um, when I've been doing the swipe up, I've been, you know, I would just type in like, you know, among Us or something, and then I can open that app or, you know, whatever. So, um, it's been kind of convenient um, in that, and the the gestures handle, you know, pretty well. From a performance perspective, this phone is slow. I mean, you know, when mm. you're even when you're just searching in settings, it takes, like, a couple of seconds for it to come back with the results. And, like, you know, I liken this phone to, like, my teenage son. Like, when I ask him to do something... One sec. Think it right. <laughs> okay, I guess I'll do it now.
1: <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Or, oh, your phone just kind of goes. What? Uh-huh.
0: What? <laughs> uh, I mean, no, it, it hears the commands, but uh, right. it doesn't. It doesn't. It just doesn't do
1: them right away. Just, That's okay. it. Just takes a, a, a just a nigh on second there to go on. Well, yeah. So, so I have been using the app tour, and this is actually uh, going back to the software, and you know, this is. Most of the phones that we talk about are Android phones. And, yeah. you know, even in, even in um, a phone like in, – in a budget phone like this, like the, the customizations that uh, different manufacturers do is what gives, I think, personality to the device mm-hmm. and, and, and personality to the manufacturer. <clears throat> Whether it's uh, the Pixel launcher or TCL's launcher or the way Sony does things where it's all – super crammed together but in this case by default yeah. um the 20l and i'm sure it's i'm sorry the 20s and i'm sure yours was the same way when you go into that the uh app launch of the way it arranges things is i guess you'd call it um it has some ai going on there and knows somewhat about the apps that you're installing and it organizes it by function so oh really like communication okay. mm-hmm. i don't know if you can see it. it's pretty it might get overexposed actually no that's not bad
0: yeah, that's not she- bad at all. I can see my face in it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of impressive. But I, yeah, but you okay. have the
1: option to, uh, Do it to, to arrange it in it or... a different way if you want. The, the, the problem with this, I would say, especially if you had a lot of apps, I don't have a ton installed on this, but you might be end up uh, scrolling for days just to get to what you want because some of these only have, like there's one with Shop that just has the Play Store business that just has Slack in it, so... Uh. Depending okay. on how many apps you have, you might be scrolling for a while. One thing, So should... it,
0: it, it's it's almost like an iPhone-type app drawer that they introduced, where it's like, we're going to give you an app drawer. It won't be in alphabetical order. It'll be what, like what we categorize stuff as. Right, exactly. Here's an app I, drawer, suckers. It's supposed
1: to hold your hand, which, I mean, that's fine. But I, I yeah. think if I you know, were to continue to use this as a daily driver, I'd probably go back to the alphabetical order, just because that's the way my mind works, having used... That on Android phones for so long, and it's just so easier it's, for me. It sounded like you
0: were gonna say something uh, well, like something say, we should do.
1: Uh, talking about things that make these phones a little different. But Super Bluetooth is pretty cool. I don't know if it's something that I'll ever use. Okay, that's uh, what is Super Bluetooth. Uh, so, that is Super Bluetooth allows it to pair up to, f- I believe it's five different Bluetooth devices at one time. At one so, time, right? So if you wanted to share your music with somebody or. I'd assume uh, like if you have a bunch of uh, Bluetooth speakers sitting around then you could actually basically almost do like a surround sound kind of thing with it you know mm, just because yeah. you're sharing again not something that I could see myself doing. I always feel like it's like when you see the 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 headphones that, that I've seen made before where it has like the the, the extra little doll, three and a half millimeter jack so you could share your back yeah. and everybody had three and a half millimeter jack. <laughs> like I don't know that anybody actually does it except maybe on an airplane with your kids. But it's still a really cool feature I can see that sure absolutely especially if it's a movie I think if you and you maybe if you were casting it I don't know and then you all wanted to wear headphones I'm just I'm thinking about hypotheticals on how you'd actually use it but but I, right. I i'm sure that there is another manufacturer out there that does something like it but it's Probably. interesting and it's a and it is a call out um I do want to talk about too I know i've been mentioning like kind of foreshadowing my my real issue with this phone um, mm-hmm. versus what I reviewed last year because it, it it fits in that that same slot I think in terms of their lineup. Yeah, I don't think they released the SE version of the 10 until later uh, last year. But uh, so this is like the mid range within their lineup. And and last year one of the things that I was pleasantly surprised with is because this does have the same system on a chip that's six six five, Snapdragon. As the 10L did last year, but it has two gigabytes less of RAM. Yeah. And so when I thought this phone was shipping with an AMOLED screen, I thought, well, that's fine. I mean, it might have a little bit less performance, but I'm getting an AMOLED screen. And so, in terms of a trade off, I thought that was a, a feature that was worth, you know, if you're talking about things that you get in the cost. For sure. As a trade off, you know, it would be worth it, but it doesn't. And I can really feel a difference in performance. Um, mm. because I, I, I didn't feel so much lag with the 10l last year. and it's not to say that that the 20s is, is, is slow. I mean, it's about what I would expect. I think it's uh, I think the launcher and, and the software feels fairly well optimized for the hardware. Yeah. but I, I don't understand when you're trying when you're advancing why you would decontent your phone <laughs> except for the obvious. Say yeah to cut costs, right, but right. yeah, it seems like a
0: weird choice that TCL would have walked everything back. Like 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 you said, I, I agree with your philosophy. Like maybe if you'd gotten an AMOLED screen as opposed to um, as opposed to an LCD, maybe there's a, a noticeable upgrade there. But uh,
1: yeah, that just seems like a weird um, a weird decision. This is a weird choice. And, and had I not had that before, then it would be. I'd be fine with it, honestly. Like if the 10L had come with, right? Four gigabytes of RAM because honestly, it's fine. It's just that I I really could tell a difference. I can tell a difference because I I fire both of these up and and I mean it's one of those things that it's it's it maybe it's more to the eye you know to the eye than it is um, your day to day kind of stuff. Maybe you wouldn't yeah. notice it, yeah. but I really do see a little more jank, a little more lag. Um, mm-hmm. Than I did because the the 10L really blew me away with how well it performed considering um, the price, considering point. the price point, yeah, right. And and so now I feel like this is more in line with like a a Moto G in terms of the way it feels, which is mm. not to say it's bad. It's just you not. Know, as they good. had an advantage there. Yeah, true, true. RAMs are, and, You know, here it might be uh, just speculating here. Sorry that. Yeah. You know how expensive everything has become during the pandemic and it's not like they make their own ram they make their own displays
0: yeah Um, yeah
1: so that that might have been yeah Speaking but, uh, of which. Uh,
0: yeah. Oh, we're, we're, I'm going to go ahead and just grab onto that uh, that transition there. And then I think we can go ahead and close with this. Um, you know, one thing I've noticed is that the, the screen on this phone is gorgeous. And, um, you know, and even at the lower resolution, it's really hard to tell um, because, uh, you know, TCL has this next vision enhancement uh, going on, and I've got everything pretty much turned on the image enhancement and the video and game enhancement and stuff like that. And, like, really, the main thing that it seems to do is, uh, like, like brighten things up. Like, and, and, you know, people like things that are more brighter, you know? <laughs> so, um, so, like, you know, I've watched a few videos on this, I've watched some movies on this, and, um, and uh, yeah I, I, I agree I mean for 189 dollars this is a fantastic screen so it is I, I,
1: and'm I'm, I'm sure because I mean you, you would hope with TCL as, as a special they're, they're one of the few manufacturers that actually makes their own panels mm-hmm. um, that that and it is something that, that they hang their hat on yeah. I, I like I like that um, in next vision you can set uh, you know presets like natural or vivid. But yeah. then, then you also have the option to uh, choose between saturated or sRGB, which I guess is that's, – that's an RGB color space,
0: which I guess yeah. is basically
1: what natural is. But then you can actually – there's a button where you can shift it between cold and warm or the center. So, I mean, they give you a mm-hmm. lot of options for customization. And like you, I do have the uh, image enhancement and the video game enhancement turned on. I do feel like it makes a difference.
0: Yeah. So, but yeah, that's that slider is kind of cool because you know, like you said, you can just you can you can fine tune this exactly mm-hmm. how you like it, and um, you know, and and basically, it's just like a color setting. It's just like a color filter, but you know, it's um, you know, if you're if you're someone who is a screen aficionado, um, you know, that's something that you're going to be attracted to for sure. Yeah, so, absolutely. So I I think we can go ahead and, you know, sum things up here. I think these are two really solid offerings. Um, Personally, I would probably go with the S myself rather than the SE um, just because, you know, they're so close in price point. Um, but you know, I can definitely see if you like a bigger screen, then, you know, maybe you want to go with the, uh, with the, uh, with the SE and, um, if you like, if you like having a notch, but not a notch, maybe go with the, uh, maybe go in with the SE screens. Not, uh, not a terrible idea. Um, I like the dedicated uh, Google assistant button. It would be cool if I could program it, but I don't miss the fact that I can't, but otherwise you get a lot of, um, you get a lot of TCL software enhancements that, um, that you know th- that they're doing, um, so like overall, I could I could use this phone. Probably wouldn't be terribly happy with it, but that's me. But, uh, but yeah, as far as like two budget offerings in the smartphone space, again, with one less player there, this is uh, more important than ever. So I think these are two solid offerings. And uh, yeah, I think TCL's got some solid offerings here in the budget space. And uh, if you're in the market for a budget device, probably the S is a good way to go. So that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. I'd like to thank TCL for providing the review units of the TCL 20SE and the TCL 20S. And I'd like to thank Cliff Thomas for stepping up to review the S and for all of his other work behind the scenes. But most of all, and as always, I'd like to thank you for listening and for giving me the benefit of the doubt.